Hi, I'm Hannah. And this is Hannah. And this is Hannah, you're yelling. He just whispers in my ear, I'd fuck your mom. <gasps> Sweating so hard. But it was invigorating. I just grew my boobs. We were practically laundering money. Applebee's bitches, <laughs> I'm getting the pork chop. And I actually, um, I peed the bed. <laughs> So how was your day? My day was actually very good. I got so much stuff done today. It was amazing. We like completely purged our house because we're really on that new year, new me shit. Um, Hell yeah. And it's going to run out soon, but we're just kind of trying to, you know, get shit done. And so we purged the entire house, everything, clothes, everything. We donated like, oh my gosh, I think it was like eight or nine bags of stuff to Goodwill. So that felt really good. And then I cooked dinner and I drank a lot of wine and... What'd you make? I made Asian chicken. Although, you know me, I have a serious ick with chicken and I've been mm, really right. trying to get better about it. But I I mean, the last like six times I've made chicken, I just can't eat it. It just grosses me out so yeah. bad. Colton made me chicken for dinner. Really? And I had like three pieces and then I had one weird bite and I was like, mm, I'm done. You want the rest? If it... <laughs> has even just the slightest bit too many chews that you need to have yeah. for it yeah i'm done i'm absolutely uh -huh. out so i made extra veggies because i knew it was going to happen but then nathan gets weird because i'll i'll take a bite and then he'll be like dude what's wrong and i'm like it's really nothing oh, and God. he's like is it is, do you think it's done and i'm like i don't know if it's done oh no and then we both are like <laughs> let's stop eating <laughs> so oh geez it's a waste at least you keep trying though like i don't know I'm, why i keep trying i don't trying. think i'll ever cook meat again for myself ever i so i really well you actually you've done far more than me you made a whole ass chicken one time oh my god yeah that was one time i and then I well that's and, gonna ruin your experience if you make a whole yeah. ass chicken in the oven mm -hmm. by yourself this girl she's talking bone in <laughs> bone in yeah, I tried to make a rotisserie. This is coming from your girl with, n with no cooking experience. But I bought a really cute pot and I wanted to make something in it. And you had so. to like tear your fingers into it. So I don't, yeah. yeah, there was no coming out of that okay. No, you're right about that. But yeah, that was, right that, that. anyways, that was my day. I purged, I cleaned. Honestly, I think that's a symptom of pregnancy. What is this, nesting? I think I'm nesting. Mm. Oh, my God. Just kidding. Jokes, jokes, jokes. <laughs> I'm celibate. But yeah, that was that was my day. It was really good. That's awesome. What about you? I did have work today. Um, it was horrible. I stayed on really late to take on this eight top because I didn't, I hadn't made hardly any money that day because they way overscheduled people and I'm serving them they have children it's like a whole thing they're incredibly needy the entire meal comes about time to pay and the bill was over $400 and they hand me two $100 Visa gift cards and then two of their credit cards to split the rest on so their actual checks were like 50 some odd dollars that I handed back to them and then they each tipped me eight dollars on those checks so the total tip was under four percent of their total hannah and i had stayed on and literally worked my ass off for this table like bend it over backwards and then i was talking to my coworker, and i was like i can't believe this just fucking happened to me like i stayed on at that table for 16 dollars and then he was like you have to go talk to them like there's no way you have to go say something and i was like you know what Fuck it. I, you didn't. You did. I did. Oh my I God. Did. I'm so proud right now. I did. So I went back over and I said, hi guys. How was the service today? I just want to make sure everything was good. And they're like, oh my gosh, yes, we loved you. What's up? And I was like, I did just want to check because the tip was on just under 4% of the total. So I was just curious. I didn't want to end up with a bad review or anything. And they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And they handed me like $70 in cash. So it was well worth it. And that oh was my. on top of what they had already tipped. So worth it. But also, how could you have been like, oh my God, I didn't know. Like your your whole meal for your entire extended family didn't just cost an $8 tip. I don't know. I am People are floored right now. First off, 
wow for you to go back over there god i would have just like yeah. sat in a corner and cried i was sweating so hard but it was invigorating because i was like if i can do that i can do anything you can literally and it was do like anything a grown-ass man too that had ended up paying and it was him and like his sister or something also you're basically like, calling someone out on being a broke-ass bitch and yeah you work like, at a nice restaurant i was like girlies this is not okay this is not cute and they were like i'm so sorry oh my so, god that's amazing yeah, like shit just ask him why and then they're so embarrassed and mortified honestly though if it had been even 10%, I don't think I would have gone back. But right. because it was so fucking low, I was like, y'all, you can't leave me with this. Yeah, like, you're it's getting, not fair. You're getting $2 an hour. You can't. Yeah. It's not even close to worth it. Yeah. Wow. It was. That's awesome. It really was. I I have some balls at this restaurant. Listen, you, you put me in a room where I don't do. Yeah, where I don't know anybody and I'm like ready to roll. <laughs> it's because it's because of that Gemini thing that I was talking about where I can just whip out a new personality. Mm-hmm. And the personality that I've chosen for this work environment is a very confrontational version of myself, which <laughs> is kind of unlike who I really am. I know. So any anytime a, you tell me any of these stories, I'm like, you're you're embellishing. There's no way. I know. <laughs> No, I really did. I really went back and talked to the table. So yeah, I'm growing up. That's all you can hope for. It really is. Alrighty. So should we say, hi, I'm Hannah and this is Hannah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, Alrighty. Well, hi, I'm Hannah and this is Hannah. Hi, also Hannah. And this is Hannah, you're yelling. Hannah, you're yelling. All right. So today... We want to talk about the darkest time of our lives, and I'm sure yours too, high school. (laughs) So before we get into any advice to now high schoolers, I feel like it's only fair to give you a little bit of backstory about how we met and who we were in high school and um, how fucking insecure we were. And we grew up in a little Texas town, so if that tells you anything, Mm. just get ready. Mm -hmm. And if anyone is under the age of 14, um, this is absolutely unacceptably inappropriate. Um, However, that's what we assume a big sister would kind of do for you, so we're going to try to corrupt you as best we can. We're trying to do the best at our jobs right now as your older sister. We're going to touch on young love, maybe growing up, thinking we were going to go to hell for kissing boys. We hadn't even kissed girls yet. Um, how, You're so right. <laughs> how maddening it was to get off the bus every day to our super fucked up families. And yeah, the insane pressure that high school put on literal children to be the best and do the best. So we're hoping that we can commiserate with you a bit on that. Yeah. This episode is going to be about surviving and mostly just staying alive through sophomore year. Um, I almost didn't. So um, it's going to be about getting through divorce as a young little teen and also making it to graduation before confirmation. Any Catholics out there? Hey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Shout out Catholics. Also, we're going to talk about how Hannah hid her relationship from me for five fucking months and I was her best friend. She hasn't let it go. She she just can't let it go. We hope to commiserate with you, make you laugh a little bit, uh, help you feel less bad about the decisions you made as a little 17-year-old. And if, you know, perhaps you're under the age of 18, we hope to corrupt you and empower you. So I love that. Hopefully. I feel like that should be the disclaimer for every one of our podcasts. If you're <laughs> under 18, like, sorry, you're already listening to something inappropriate, but like, hey. We're here to corrupt and empower exactly. you. Exactly. So strap in strap the fuck in because we're gonna start off with how the fuck did we meet anyway because we didn't even go over that in our introduction episode which hmm, probably we were the, supposed to yeah but. we got a little derailed okay so <laughs> circa back to 20 whatever can't keep track of the years but circa church choir okay church choir yep So we had a a mutual friend who just roped us into this church choir at a Lutheran church. I was going to ask what denomination it was. I was like, oh, it was Lutheran. I'll never forget. Yeah. Um, And yeah, we just showed up one day to the first choir practice. We were learning a little musical 
can't remember the name. It was mortifying, embarrassing, humiliating. We all had to have parts and we all had to sing and it was really difficult. And then the choreography was just trash. But um, yeah, we just learned this church choir musical and traveled across the country together um, to a lot of rich towns to show rich older men and women how good we were to God, I guess. Our little song and dance for Jesus, if you will. That had Mm -hmm. absolutely no impact conversion. Right. But we were channeling lots and lots of Lutheran money across the country, okay? This is, we sure were. We were practically laundering money, y'all. We were doing fundraisers. We were doing potlucks. We were doing auctions. Everyone in this church, which wasn't even our church also, should I mention, <sighs> was, but they were funneling money into us, these young teenagers, to go across. I think we went to San Francisco one year, and then mm-hmm. where else did y'all go on the church choir? Florida, I want to say. Florida. I don't even know. Incredibly. But basically, it was just a vacation. It we we would work like two hours a day. We never did anything to help anybody. Maybe we brought a little bit of joy to old people, but that was absolutely it. And I don't really think that was God's intention. But it was it was a really humiliating experience. And looking back on it, it was it was very problematic. And I, I would never send my own children there. But unless they yeah, were going to we find would... their best friend, because true, true, worth it. <laughs> we made some major memories on that trip. And I just remember being absolutely shocked that Hannah even liked me because in my eyes, she was this total cool girl at our school. And I was this absolute nobody that just happened to know her mutual friend. And then we both were on this trip together and we were like on the plane flying to San Francisco. And you were like, wait, you like John Mayer too? Cause I was, I was listening to John Mayer. I don't know. It was something random. Yeah, Yeah. Fast forward two years and we like flew across the country to go to a John Mayer concert together. Actually, we've been to multiple John Mayer concerts together. Sure have. Sure has. It's kind of a quirky little diehard fan thing we have going on. But anyways, then we just totally clicked and became very best BFFs. friends. Bonded over the mutual trauma that was mm-hmm. growing up in Springs, Texas. So Yeah. It's funny how she thinks I was the coolest person ever because I was actually the biggest nobody. You just didn't know anybody at school. So yeah. I was an even bigger nobody than you, so you I, were... I she I don't know where that was coming from, <laughs> but I was in band and like that's how I knew our mutual friend was through band. I but, guess you're in um, band. It's like basically, yeah, you're not. It, you're done. You're um, but yeah, done. when I met Hannah, I thought she was just the biggest bitch. Thank and you. <laughs> I mean it in the nicest way, and it's I only say it because she's the least bitchy person you'll ever meet. But oh my gosh, she just had a resting bitch face all the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's so mean or mad or I'm upsetting her in some way. That's why I get tipped 4% all the time. All the time. No, you never come off that way to anybody else anymore, I don't think. And so it's just so weird how I thought she was just so mean and she was actually so nice and she was very funny. And that's how we kind of hit it off as we were, our humor was incredibly similar. Um, but yeah, and then we we went across the country and we sang and danced for like old people homes and then they would take us home at night and we would sleep in their guest bedrooms or between them in their bed and Oh my god. <laughs> Hopefully not that, Jesus. <laughs> we don't But we yeah, don't know. these were people these were people that we had never met in our lives. And they were host families. We'd meet them after the little performance that we gave mm-hmm. gave at the church, and then they would take us home in their cars and we would sleep at their house and like one time I slept in this cat infested grandma's house it was just her everything was disgusting another time I slept in this very nice house and I actually um I peed the bed (laughs) as a 10th grader I was a sophomore in high school I had no idea why though I could not I was the only one sleeping in the bed And I woke up and there's this massive wet spot underneath me. And I was like, what the fuck? What do I do? Also, one of my close friends has just gotten diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And their main symptom, why they 
ended up going to the hospital to get diagnosed was because they couldn't stop peeing the bed every night, which I guess that's a sign, y'all. So I don't know. Be careful. Stay vigilant out there. here I am, sophomore, in a stranger's home, diagnosing myself with type 2 diabetes. And also I'm like, do I take the sheets off? Do I leave them on? Obviously I left them on. I wasn't going (laughs) to... I wasn't going to go back there that night, so I was just like, fuck it. And Um, I just have to say that, like, these – one, she only just told me this yesterday. So this is, like, only the second time I'm ever hearing about this. So I really appreciate your vulnerability. And second of all, um, we're in such – I think it was probably stress or something because you're sitting here with these old people you've never met, and and so you would be sent with, like – another random girl from the choir right we didn't know that well and then you would just sleep in a bed and we were never together like I don't even think we once stayed in a host home together and I also wasn't comfortable enough with you at the time apparently up until yesterday to tell you that I'd peed in this bed but it did happen so yeah now you know um my last secret the last one I was keeping from you I never peed the bed but I did go out to dinner with them and they took me to Applebee's. And Charming. It was. I was I was kind of poor at the time, so I was like, shit, we're You're splurging like, tonight. Material girl. <laughs> Applebee's bitches. I'm getting the pork chop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a mocktail tonight. <laughs> yeah. So they're like encouraging us to order dessert, everything. And I'm like, no, no, trying to be so polite. I'm sitting next to this girl in the choir that I don't know at all. And then the two old people who are like telling us how beautifully Christian we are. And um I end up ordering the chocolate lava cake and as I'm eating it, I bites in and, and I have something in my mouth and I'm like Stop pulling it. it out and it's a a used straw wrapper mm. and it was so horrific and mm. of course I did what you did. I didn't take the sheets off the bed. I just um, swallowed it. it. No, I didn't <laughs> swallow it. I just um, very ke- stealthily, keenly, what's the word? Yeah. Both of those. One I of think those. Work. Yeah. Um, spit it into my hand for a good portion of the night oh and just God. ate the rest. And it was horrific. And I oh. ate the rest of the thing. But, you know, it's no peeing the bed. It's all in the name of Christ anyways. So, yeah. You know. And we felt, I don't know, I felt very uncomfortable the whole time. But I did feel the important work of right. a teenager. I was like, I am bringing God to these old people in San Francisco. And it felt really good. Yeah. I don't know. But now looking back on it, it, you know, like I said, it was ethically incredibly wrong. Yeah, Um, we weren't like we were just these weird young missionaries doing absolutely nothing for God. So I didn't even know the Bible. Like I didn't know anything. Certainly not at all on that trip. We just drilled that fucking musical, which was such a horrible musical. Anyway, exactly. And then the next year we went to Disneyland, and I remember Hannah. Oh yeah, Disneyland. The church choir, and I was furious with her and her reasoning was was, I don't really feel like this is serving God Mm -hmm. and I was like you bitch yeah we're serving God you don't know who God is I was so mad at you and now looking back I'm like she knew she knew a lot more than I did at the age of 14 so it was only because I actually went to a Christian private school and the word of God was actually shoved down my throat and it was it was very much instructed to us that anything that wasn't a non-denominational Christian Bible school was the devil. So Lutheran church, yeah, no good. Um, public school, yeah, uh, those kids are going to hell. So <laughs> that was the vibe. Um, yeah, I guess that kind of leads me into who I was in high school. Tell if us. If I were to stereotype myself, I was... An absolute weirdo. I was homeschooled up until eighth grade. And then starting in ninth grade, I went to this very Christian school that I shall not name. Um, And just to give you a little snippet of kind of what that was like, I was in freshman year algebra class and my teacher left halfway through the year. And I was like, where did he go? Turns out he was in jail for... um, doing some horrible things to another student in the class. And I remember that there was some other parents at the school who were like, got a little prayer group together. Not, listen here, not for the student, 
for the teacher. And they made hot meals to bring him in jail. That was... Holy that shit. That was my little school. Um, yeah. So did so, you leave because of that? I actually didn't. I left because they were sucking my parents dry of every last cent that they had. It was mm-hmm. about $50,000 a year to go to this school. And my parents mm-hmm. were like, holy shit, guys, we're broke. How does public school sound? Because we're certainly not homeschooling you guys again. Like, you're not coming back now that we've had you gone. So... Then I was transferred right into this little Texas town school where I met Hannah. And your little school's loss was my gain. I'll that's tell you true. Why. But at this point, my family was um, dirt poor, um, house poor, school poor. They'd kind of spent all their money on making me a Christian, and it didn't work out super well for them. Um, at this point, I am standing in the free lunch line, which was completely separate from all the other lunch lines in our school. Really not a wise decision on them because every single day I was absolutely mortified to get up and get my lunch. And I wasn't allowed to get pizza or salad or the hamburgers that every other cool kid got. I had to get the fucking mystery meat and coleslaw every single day. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, I also rode the bus. And we all know that that's for kids whose parents don't really love them. And that was kind of the beginning of my high school experience. It did get better once I met Hannah, but she was pretty much the only other person that I knew throughout high school. So big nobody, big weirdo, big Christian. Um, that was me, little fish in a big in a big pond, in a big pool. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, my God. That was yours. Stereotype um, yourself for me. If I could stereotype myself, I was the band nerd. Yeah. She had she had these shorts. Sorry, I'm like already interjecting. Go for it. You literally have gotten two words out. I'm like, wait, let me explain you for you. (laughs) Um, But I do have to tell you that she had these little pajama shorts and they said band on the butt. Yeah, my um, close friend's grandmother got me those because that's how she saw me, (laughs) I guess. Um, It did mean a lot, though. It was a good gift. I love gifts. Um, but yeah, I was kind of a band nerd, try hard, kind of turned student council vibes. That mm-hmm. was kind of me. I came into school. Well, in middle school, I went through a really, really terrible divorce between my mom and my dad. And then we were super, super poor. We were always kind of poor, but then we were incredibly poor because my mom was a high school teacher. And so then I started high school thinking my mom would be at high school with me and I was so excited because she was going to protect me from all the terrible things that high school has to offer and then she met a man and got pregnant and she left the high school and so I had to just raw dog freshman year by myself without my mom (laughs) and um I didn't really know very many people I had a few friends but nobody really knew the deep sides of me. I had a dad that was a raging alcoholic and then they got a divorce and then my mom very quickly got pregnant with a very terrible rich man. And so then all of a sudden we were like quote unquote rich, but obviously it wasn't really our money and it was weird and I had to tell him I loved him so that he would pay for But sometimes you would take me out to coffee and you would swipe his card and... True. I really showed him, you know? In high school, I was like... Oh, yeah, this is my rich friend, Hannah. Um, She's going to get our lunch today. I had his credit cards for emergencies. However, they were always almost maxed out or maxed out. So it was a a huge gamble for, like, paying for things. (laughs) But technically, I did have the credit card. So it felt pretty good. Um, But, yeah, and then I kind of started to make more friends towards, like, sophomore year. I was super heavily into marching band, working my little ass off, playing the French horn. And then junior and senior year, I got into running for senior class or president. And I thought you were going to say got into running. I was like, wait, did I? No, no, still not into running. (laughs) Wish I was. No, I ran for like vice president junior year and I got it. And then I ran for senior class president the last year and I got it surprisingly. And it was like, Honestly, it was really good because it made me realize how much I loved leadership, but I was really in with like the popular crowd and I was incredibly insecure. And I, the thing that brought them or the thing that made them like me, I guess, was my humor, but nobody really knew who I was, which was like 
a babysitter for my mom and it was just a terrible time, honestly. So yeah. And then I got in with like a group of friends that were incredibly serious about college, which I didn't really know much about. And then they were like top of the class, like salutatorian, validatorian, that shit. And I was always the dumbest one, which I wasn't dumb by any means, but I was dumber than they were, I guess. And they kind of treated me like shit. And so I worked my ass off to get in college, didn't get into the college I wanted to get into. And then I kind of spiraled and I became a crazy ass person senior year. And I got called to the principal office and I was all over the place, but I had a good ass time. I finished out strong. Oh, fuck it. Give me I, that damn bucket. <laughs> Let me just I, join the fucking army. Yeah, yeah. I was, I, I cared so much about what people thought. I was so vulnerable to other people's uh, opinions of me. But I um, just tried to have a good time. I'm still terrified that I might have peaked senior year. So, well, um, we also have to mention the other reason why we became friends, which was because we were in a little club at our school Shut called um, Don't say the it. Young Republicans Club. Guys, um, I'm going to be I'm embarrassed. I'm mortified. very vulnerable with you. This was one of my one of my poorest decisions. And I've I've sold my soul to the military. So just compare it to that. Um, yeah, it was from the influence of this club. Was it not that you were like, yeah, America entirely. We didn't have father figures. We were just trying to earn our, um, the male approval in our town, I think. Oh, this is how we sure did. They loved us. They loved us. They were patting us on the back. They were inviting us to galas. We got invited to this really insanely fancy dinner that was I'm pretty sure hosted by Ted Cruz or someone horrible like that and at this dinner they are we're drinking sweet tea right they're (laughs) auctioning off machine guns holding them over their heads we're 17 we we excused ourselves to the bathroom and both of us were like what are we doing here this is wrong and and that was the downfall of us in the Young Republicans Club. We kind yeah. of headed out after that. We were like, you know what? I don't actually think I know what's going on enough to um, support this. Yeah. And now we're and raging liberals. Now we're raging liberals. So it is a coming of age story. A young Republican turned adult liberal. Um, a tale as old as time, really. A tale as old as time, for, <laughs> for certain. For certain. But yeah, it was tough. And then also my my stepdad at the time, the rich one, he was running for the Texas state representative or something. It, very serious. This and just shows you how crazy similar our lives are because yeah. my dad ran for U.S. Congress as a Republican and mm-hmm. your stepdad ran for U.S. Texas Senator? representative. Texas representative. Yeah. Like, what the fuck were these people in our town doing, y'all? Yeah. What the fuck were they doing? Yeah. And so that kind of gives you a slight snapshot into kind of the the ideals that people had, the um, kind of how we felt we were in high school during the Trump versus Hillary moment. And that mm. was a that was real hell on earth for a lot Volatile. of people. Volatile. Volatile, you could say. And especially when you're part of the Young Republicans Club, they were just there to start fights. It was scary. Also, this but, is the first time that we could have voted. And mm-hmm. I mean, who do you think we fucking voted for, y'all? Well, I actually wasn't old enough, so I'm not putting myself Oh, my God. <laughs> not me literally exposing myself that I voted for Trump. Um, guys, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Okay? I'm different. I swear. You must repent for that. I know. You must. I know. <laughs> I'm going to hell purely because I didn't take the sheets off the bed and because I voted for Trump. Like, oh, my God. Those are not the same. Those are not the same. <laughs> You're like, do not put those on the same level. No, I I would have done the same thing. And it's really it is really sad because you you want kids to have their own opinions, but you really shouldn't have your own opinion before no. the age of 18. Yeah. Yes. So that's kind of a snapshot into our little Texas town, um, who we were, who we are, who we hope not to stay. Um, yeah. Well, it was only because we were massively insecure. And maybe we should talk about how insecure you are in high school and maybe offer some advice there because I think we have to because if there's anything you take away from this it's that we were so vulnerable to other people's approval that we would sell our souls to 
any the adult. young Republicans club. Yeah. And any male figure in my life, especially. 100%. I think that does stem from not having a father figure. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing. Like, you were very re- religious. I grew up Catholic. Yeah. So I was really insecure about, like, my body. And I had just growed my grew sorry i just grew my boobs and all of a sudden i was this little i just just growed my boobs boobs. (laughs) (laughs) i just growed them and i was really fucking insecure about it i was so insecure i was like this weird oh god at one point i was like getting fitted for my overalls and band wait stop and they didn't fit anymore because my boobs were just popping out the sides where your armpits go and they were like they were like, hey, girlie, we're going to have to size up. Stop. Meanwhile, I'm over here not getting my period until like sophomore year of high school. Sophomore year? I got mine. Oh, no, I got mine sophomore year. Sorry. Not no, I think I actually might have gotten it freshman year. There's no way you got your sophomore I year. I need to think what bathroom I was in and then I'll know. I got it at school. I got it freshman year. I got it freshman oh, year. Oh, girly, Twins. Same. We didn't really know each other though. So Sweeties. I would have gone to you, but I actually went to um, a teacher. So it's fine. Did they welcome you into womanhood? No, honestly, I think I was being annoying and they were like, just go to the nurse. And I was like, okay, it's, it's fine. I'm okay. <laughs> I got mine on a run around my own neighborhood. I was running with a friend, which is weird because I don't... <laughs> I never you run. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was super weird. And then I got home and my mom was like, welcome to womanhood, sweetie. Like it was this whole ceremony. She told my dad, she was like, oh my God, guess what? She started her period. Weird. I had a um, very similar experience. I, I told my mom. Really? And I was mortified and she had to go buy me a bunch of stuff. And she was very excited, but like... We also have kind of a weird relationship, not like super lovey-dovey close, I guess. And so she was kind Mm -hmm. of like, okay, like this is exciting. So she went and got the stuff. And then I was like, please, for the love of God, don't tell your fucking boyfriend. And she was like, I would never. And then I got home and he walked in the door and he congratulated me. And I almost slit my wrists on the fucking kitchen table. I was so upset. And I felt so gross and weird. And also I was bleeding out of my vag. So I was just not a good day. Not a good day. And okay, actually this is advice that I would give to my daughter in high school is like pads are for losers. (laughs) I'm kidding. If you you use pads, like I'm sorry, but um, can you just like give your kid a freaking tampon? I think it... I genuinely, this is really gross, but I do think it's like a Christianity thing. It is. Because Christians think that if you use a tampon, it will break your hymen, which will therefore make you impure for marriage. Right. You lose your virginity and you should die. Your flower is crushed before you meet your husband. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's fucking fucked up. Okay. (laughs) So give your kid a tampon because. Yeah, I use pads for literally way too long and when I switched over I think end of junior year I was like oh wait periods can be manageable and it's also like you're already so fucking insecure going to high school and then you're wearing a diaper yeah and like the amount of times I'd be like can you see my pad through my pants right would be like no but yeah, I knew but they were lying. all that you're thinking about. And right. high school is already fucking horrible. Yeah, so get your kids some tampons, goddammit. Goddamn tampon. Yeah. Another huge thing that was a big misconception for me was I truly thought, and this stems from Christianity, that nobody was having sex. I oh, really yeah. thought that in our Texas town, we were following God to the, the brinks of the earth. I did not think that people were having sex. And even when people told me they were having sex, I thought they were lying straight to my face. I thought they were trying it to be says, cool. On Whataburger, one nation under God. Why would we not assume? all be under God together? Yeah. yeah, I was mortified that people were having sex, and then I started dating a guy. Junior year happens to be the person I'm marrying. It's, it's kind, kind of, of fate. fate. I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but it worked out. Anyways, then we started dating, and I was like, I super don't understand how people aren't having sex in high school. Turns out everyone's having sex in high school. Right. But I thought that. I was the only horny bastard there. And so I'm sitting here trying to avoid sex at all cost. I also have a very Christian friend. Her name was Hannah. Um, Is Hannah. Is Hannah. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) And so we were um, both very Christian, really trying to avoid sex. But you weren't in a relationship at the time. Oh, girl, I wasn't trying to avoid it. I was trying to avoid hell. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so. I was trying to avoid my best friend from going to hell. Mm-hmm. So 
I absolutely did not want to hear about her relationship or have anything to do with her relationship because I thought if she was disobeying God, that meant that I was friends with someone who was disobeying God, which thus meant that I was... Uh, yeah, what is that? Quid quid pro quo? Guilty by association. There's some rule about that in the Bible, and I was not playing games. Uh-uh. So I didn't really share that I was dating this guy for a really long time. I was very insecure about it. I would say it. five months. It was mm-hmm. about five months, give or take. Um, but honestly, we were just like friends for five months because I wouldn't kiss that poor son of a bitch because were you more scared of me judging you or more scared of god judging you for kissing yeah or just in general i don't even think it was judgment i think it was straight up like severe insecurity of of touching another human being was unbelievable my family's not very lovey-dovey and then also not having a dad for a good portion of my life and then also just it just intimacy issues all around and so I could not kiss so him. So it wasn't even the fear of judgment. No. I mean, it was like telling you was mortifying, but it was also because his- Well, we made a church at the time that you were telling me as well. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, that was sex. That was when I told you we had sex, right? No, that was when you told me that you were in a relationship for the first time. Motherfucker. <laughs> and I was like, so I feel like you've been dating somebody and I feel like our conversations have kind of dried up and you're my best friend. So what's going on, girl? Let me preface this with, I did try to tell her one time. I said, what do you think about Nathan? And she was like, bad news bears, bitch. Get out. (laughs) I had heard like two things about this guy. And one of them was that he was some sort of player. I'd heard it through a friend, through a friend. Like, I had no idea who this guy was. And that he um, did a lot of drugs and... Another misconception. My personal vendetta was to be like, bitch, don't fuck with this guy. Like, he is bad news. You don't want anything to do with him. I've heard he's a player. And I mean, this went to to my heart. I almost broke up with him 40, 50 times a day. At that time, you had already been dating him for like three months. And I'm telling you that he's one of the worst guys that I've ever heard of. And it was really hard because Nathan's literally the sweetest guy in the world. Once you meet him... I thought he was either so unbelievably manipulative that he was this player and he was he was a sleazy little bitch to get me in bed with him or something, which I didn't until after high school, but he almost got me there, you know? He almost and, did. Um, or he was actually a very kind human being. Turns out he's actually very kind, but I was like, well, my friend must know better. And so I was constantly terrified, but I still kind of dated him, ended up really liking him. So I, I kind of stayed with him and... and did not tell Hannah. And I don't know what I expected to happen. I We were going to prom together within a few weeks. Like, I don't know what I was expecting. But she confronted oh me. She got me in a car on the way to church. And she said, spill the tea, bitch. Yeah. And then it was fine because I turned out to love him. So Yeah, we, we're, we're good friends now. But yeah, so that was kind of the young love experience. I ended up telling my mom and being like, okay, do people have sex in high school? And she was like, no. And it was my sole belief that people didn't have sex until marriage. Like that was a true, true hardened belief that I had through the Catholic Church. And then my mom got pregnant and she wasn't married. Something's not adding up here. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you the virgin Mary? I was mortified. (laughs) And I was so embarrassed because a lot of my friends were Catholics. And not only was divorce like embarrassing, but to get pregnant with someone that was that was embarrassing. Out of wedlock. Out of wedlock. Oh my gosh, it <laughs> ruined me. I was furious. You're with like, her. mom, I'm already a band kid. I'm already a failing. And Catholic. now I'm. I haven't even done my confirmation, and now my mom is like knocked up. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's a really hard experience. So she she was like, no, no one has sex before marriage. And I was like, you lying bitch. And then she was like, okay, just wait till after high school. And I did. I waited until. <laughs> I like how she drops her standards so much. Yeah. It goes from marriage to graduation day. Like, yeah. And then we we had sex graduation day. Night so of. It worked out for the best. I'm glad I waited. I, I'm yeah. sort of glad I waited, but. Uh, it's just a construct. Um, another cute little fact, and I don't know where this plays in, but my mom, she used to work at the high school, right? She's very pretty. She's cute. She's fun. She was like the math teacher, engineering teacher, that kind of stuff. She's the hot mom. Let's just say She is the hot is. mom. And my first week of school, I'm sitting in the office 
picking up a slip of paper for one of my teachers and one of the like senior football players walks up to me and keep in mind I'm that freshman little try hard scared bitch sitting in the office don't know even where how to get back to my class and he comes up to me and he just whispers in my ear I'd fuck your mom take it wait I don't think you've ever told me that I swear to god I have everyone knows that story it is it has shaped my life oh my god it was mortifying why would he say that to you he was super trying to just fuck with me I think and just make me hate my life I mean he definitely meant it but what the fuck why would he say that to her daughter I think he was just trying to embarrass me. I don't know. But the only reason he even knew it was me was because she called my name and she said my last name. And he was like, oh, I'd fuck your mom. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And headed back like, to class. Awesome. It was horrible. But yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Jesus. So that, you know, that shaped us for sure. Well, you know what else totally shaped us in high school? Divorce. Yeah. You went through a divorce like in the middle of high school. Yeah, smack dab in the middle. Yeah, well, we were having our first kiss. Our Both of our parents were having their last kiss. Um, so basically, I went after sophomore year. I went on vacation the entire summer. We come back, and my mom was like, uh, this is not really a nice place to live anymore. What you think about um, getting out of here, girl? And I was like, finally. Oh my God, like it was a horrible situation to say uh, the most very, very least. And the issue is my mom had $80 and we had absolutely nowhere to sleep and divorce was a major stigma in our town. And no one that my mom knew could really take us in or had room for us. And she heard of a friend of a friend who sometimes used their back house for people who needed refuge or something it was a very yeah yeah, it was like a battered women's shelter type of situation (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it was also in a very affluent neighborhood so yeah this was the night before junior year because we were trying to stretch out that vacation as long as we possibly could um so here I am sleeping in someone's garage that I had never met in my life with all of my siblings I had gathered the only belongings that could fit into a handbag from my childhood home and said goodbye forever. I was supposed to sleep that night. And then the next morning I got up and had to ride the bus to the first day of junior year, which turned out to be one of the hardest years of my life. <laughs> so um, all that to say is if you're going through a little divorce divorce in high school, um, I feel I feel you. I'm with you. And it does get better. And sometimes, y'all, divorce is the answer. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. No, I think something unique about our stories is that both of us were so thankful for the divorce. <laughs> our stories is that divorce is the best part. Yeah. Literally. That, that, that's the highlight right that's there. That's the highlight is when your mom leaves. Yeah. I Because I went through a really bad divorce in middle school and that was you've been through multiple and for that i'm yeah it's tough but it's okay like i said it's the best part of life you know there it is but i don't even i think i have trauma or some shit because i don't even remember middle school i think it was just that bad but i remember that we left my dad who was a very abusive alcoholic and i was like fuck yes like we're gonna have such a good life I'm so excited mom let's get it you get and new shampoo you like yes. get to go somewhere new and, like, yes have we like stayed at my uncle's house and I was just so excited I was like fuck yes vacation but really we were um we were just leaving our childhood home and then we started high school and my mom met this very rich man so we were so excited because I was like oh my god money I very much thought I was that girl that rich girl I was so excited and then she got pregnant and they got married shortly after it was very quick it was like a three-month turnaround so that was tough in itself but it was also kind of good because we had money during I think like the toughest time we got to have cars and we got to get to school and she didn't have to ride the bus for a while. Did have to ride the bus the first few years with my French horn, but then we came into money and I got to uh, sit in my own car, which was very exciting. It's classism. It's the people who ride the bus and the people who don't. Exactly. Okay? There's a fine fucking line. Luckily, you've lived both lives. I have. It's it's grounded me, really. But then um, we went through a second divorce at the beginning of college, and that one was... That one was tough as well. 
but both of them were a godsend. So it is interesting though, because I think the hardest part of high school was that we were both hiding this massive part of ourselves that we were just these people who came from quote unquote broken homes. And so I used humor as a coping mechanism. I, I don't think anybody truly knew what was going on in my life. And it was because nobody in my life had divorced parents. Nobody in my life had ever not had very much money. It was just, it was a very unique experience that we had. And so when we found each other, it was just a whole new life. It was the most relief that I'd ever felt because all of a sudden you weren't the only person in the world that was struggling. And I don't think that we were the only people in the world struggling by any means. I'm sure so many kids, so many, so many going through a divorce. And if you're in high school, I'm sure a lot of kids around you are going their exactly. parents are going through I was gonna say they're going through a divorce they're like in high school yeah but um yeah whenever we found each other like if you can find just one person who also has a fucked up family and makes you feel less alone I think that actually saved my life so and maybe not know. even finding a fucked up person maybe not to say we're fucked up we're a little fucked up but just yeah. to find somebody that you feel comfortable to share your shit with yeah. And that it's not, it's, oh my God. Like, just because your family goes through a divorce doesn't mean you are divorced. Like, yeah, sharing the things that are going on in your life is very important. That is who you are. And so if you are sharing that with your friend, then you're going to feel significantly better and you're going to be in a way better place. And so, I don't know. Just keeping that to yourself is not good, girly. Yeah, try not to shove that shit more down than it already is. Exactly. We've already stuffed down religion and compressing our sexual desire and exactly. everything else. We can't shove down divorce too, you know? At least at least choose to let one of them out, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy because I think, I well, I'm not going to say I think. I absolutely know that these things completely affected the way that I was in my relationships already. And I'm sure it has been with you, but... When I started dating Nathan, junior year of high school, first off, wanted male attention like nobody's business. But I also was so unbelievably insecure about myself and scared about touching and intimacy and kissing and everything boys related. And I also just truly didn't believe that anybody would ever like me ever. And so when this guy liked me, I was just enthralled by him but then I also had like the biggest ick ever and I was constantly trying to get away from him and was so scared of him while we were literally dating but I don't know maybe that shows you why we're so horny for the young republicans club exactly we We just wanted that male attention and just a, a little two cents male attention is so far from worth it Oh my yeah. God, we haven't. We just keep saying we were doing it for male attention. I know, like it was we're worth like, it. Um, we're assuming you know better, but we didn't. Right. So we should really touch on this. Men ain't shit. And I say that in a healthy relationship with a man. Just You're like, truly. I say it lovingly. I do say it lovingly, but at the root, and, and this is, I'm one of three brothers, one sibling of four, three of which are brothers. We'll there you to, go. We'll figure That's that out later. <laughs> That's it right there. I know a lot of men and they're just not shit. And so to bend over backwards for their approval, one, they're not paying attention. So they're not going to notice. Maybe just do it for yourself. Oh, true. Because, oh, true. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, you're the only approval that you can grant yourself, truly. Mm-hmm. So you're the only approval that you should seek. Don't be after no man for approval. I've only been talking about Nathan. So you have to talk about something in your high school experience. Some of your crushes. Some of your... Well, I didn't start dating Colton until after high school. Right. I guess it was like my second... I mean, I in my only serious relationship, really. I'm still in it. In it to win it. (laughs) Um, But my first little crush was at the private school that I went to. Mm-hmm. We were in theater together. If you're listening. <laughs> Star-crossed lovers. Should I say his name? I'm like, oh my God. He's married <laughs> now, actually. He, he just got married. Shit. But yeah, we... I know, right? It's like, that's super fucking weird. But we were in theater together. He was the star of the show. He was so charming. Just all the girls were after him. And I was enthralled by him. I wanted him to like me so bad. 
And I totally thought he was out of my league. I was like, there's no way I can get to this guy. Like, it's impossible. And then he started to show feelings for me. And I was like, oh, my God, what is going on? This was like peak first crush, first person I've ever truly liked. This was insane for me. And one day I was in one of my Bible classes and I feel a little trickle down my leg. Turns out it was um, bright red. I was, I had had my period for God knows how long in this class. My entire skirt was soaking wet. It was absolutely mortifying. I, again, didn't know what to do. It's like, do you take the sheets off? Do you leave them on? Do I like wear the chair around the entire day? But I was like, it was also a cloth chair. Like it was... Oh it was stayed my for good. God. Yeah, this was peak period embarrassing story. Um, so I decided that I did indeed have to get up. And then the teacher noticed and then asked two of the other girls to go with me to the bathroom because likely I didn't have supplies or whatever because clearly I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I'm sure the teacher thought it was like my first period ever or whatever. I get into the bathroom and all the girls, I just want to be left the fuck alone. I want to stay in the stall and have my mom come pick me up. Like it was so, so bad, so, so embarrassing. Also, you're in a you're in a uniform, so it's not even I'm like you uniform. can hide yeah. it or change. I'm in a khaki skirt, a khaki mm. uniform skirt, mm-hmm. and all the girls are swarming around me, and they're like, "Oh my god, do you need a tampon?" No, girl, I don't know how to put one in because thought that I am. Um, I would lose my virginity if I put in a tampon. <laughs> so actually, does anyone have a pad? Like, that, like does everyone, that, anyone have a medium to small diaper? I could right, know. yeah. Um, and luckily, one of the other girls had an extra skirt, which was actually my saving grace. So they were like, okay, here's a skirt. Here's a tampon. Figured out how to put it in, whatever. And they just left me there. Um, and I come out of the stall with my bloody ass skirt And guess who else is in the bathroom? The guy that I liked, his mom was in there. And I was like, fuck, fuck. She was also a teacher at the school. And she was like, oh, honey, did you get period blood on your skirt? It was so embarrassing. And then she was like, if you need to get it out, you just need need to use some cold water, not hot water. So here, put it in the sink. And this woman, the guy that I am in love with, his mom is helping me wash my period blood out of my skirt. So that was mortifying. And then I went back into the student lounge and one of the guys came up to me and he was like, so tough class, huh? And I was like, fuck that boy. Fuck. fuck yeah. Him. Turns out everyone knew immediately because all the girls went back in there and told everyone else in the school that um, I had had my period. In front of everyone. And I'm sure just, it got around to that I, boy. I would have just drowned myself. Yeah. I wanted to quit that school so bad. Thank God I eventually did. Thank but. God my parents ran out of money, you know? Thank God <laughs> I didn't carry that on to senior year. Like, Holy oh my God. shit. That is a tough story. Yeah. But that's why the advice that I would give to my kids is freaking learn how to use a tampon. Yeah. You- there's no pad step. We don't need to do a pad step. Yeah. Uh, let's just skip right on over those, okay? What other advice would you give to your daughter? Because mm. obviously we're having girls. Only girls. The biggest thing was I wouldn't put so much pressure on my kids to go to college. That, I think, absolutely ruined me in the end. I kind of sold yeah. my soul to go to college. And you needed those four years to figure out who you were and what you wanted anyway. Like, I just spent four years in college and... Now I'm going back because I figured out that wasn't even really what I wanted to do anyway. Yeah. And I didn't even know it because I was too young and wanted to do whatever pleased the nearest right. adult around I spent me. four years in college for a major that they don't even have use for in the military or that they're not going to use for me in the military. And so it's very, I don't know, I, I would have given my children the confidence and opportunity to take at least a gap year or encourage trade school or college college is completely fine if you know what you're doing going in if you feel confident going in and you're happy with where you are going and you're not selling your soul and spending so much money to go to college when you don't know shit about who you are or what you want to do that's absolutely fucked up I can't believe I even did that and it's don't go to college don't go to college college. college. yeah that's the biggest one and then I think like through high school 
a big thing is you're in high school. You're so young and I'm still so young. So I'm not going to like preach on being so old by any means, but I don't think I spent any time doing hobbies that I actually enjoyed. But I think that just investing in your own hobbies and just just trying new things and shit like that, which it's really hard because you're so insecure in high school. Like everything feels like the biggest fucking step in the world. And so don't, you know, but learning to just take those steps and and make mistakes and shit like that, that would be, that would be a big one. I don't know. What about you? Yeah. I think the main thing that I just really want, would instill in someone who's going into high school is just to go with confidence Mm -hmm. And, like, it just doesn't matter if you have the North Face backpack. You got to act like you have the North (laughs) Face backpack. Like, in high school, whatever is cool is because that person said so. So Mm -hmm. say so. I mean, I could have, like, I look back and I'm like, yeah, it would have been a lot better if I had braces. But maybe it would have been a lot better if I was just like, yeah, my teeth are fucked up. What about it? That's another thing is I have really hairy arms. I'm just a very hairy girl. And people made fun of me so much for it in high school. And now I'm so comfortable with it. And I totally own it. And people comment on it all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like a <laughs> Yeti. Like, it does, you know, it just, it doesn't matter. I made it cool because I decided that I'm actually not insecure mm-hmm. about this anymore. I'm just going to decide that. And if you have that kind of attitude and you go with confidence like that, no one's going to stop you, mm-hmm. but... But I'm telling you right now, if you stare someone dead in the face and say something like, what did you mean by that? Or um, that's not funny or just anything. People don't know how to act. People yes. are so fucking insecure. They're just yeah. as insecure as you. If you go back and you say, hey, it's not cool to tip 4%. Exactly. You need to give me a little more. They'll give you... They'll hand you fucking yep. $70. And okay? That's the lesson of today. The going in confidence thing, that comes from... As a parent, I think we need to instill that in our kids so early on. And then you can walk into school and just, you know, fake it till you make it. I think that's why we're so funny is because our humor is very much, at least for me, I have to make fun of myself before anybody else does. And then nobody can make fun of you. And it's very good. Sometimes it's bad, but it's pretty good for most of the time. Don't take it too far. Don't take it too far. Don't Don't hurt hurt your your own feelings. Um, Be careful. Yeah. And then... I don't know. Yeah, I agree. And I think on the religion thing too, how it made us so anxious as teenagers and children, like I am not putting any pressure on my kids to be religious or especially to have that be a part of their schooling. Like being in a private Christian school, even if I was a devout Christian to this day, that shit fucked me up. Like, it is not right, you know? It's like, don't mix business and pleasure. It's not really the same. Which one um, is it? Is it business or pleasure? That's religion. Right. I don't know. Mm, It's like church and state. I mean, I don't know. This is a horrible, horrible analogy, but all I'm saying is you can be religious and go to public school and not go to hell, and you're going to be okay. And just that it's, it's not this, like, necessary part of life to have that I also and then I I had it shoved down my throat and then I became it kind of became my whole Mm -hmm. identity and it's genuinely I think what got me through high school and the reason that I made it is because I had this thing to totally cling on to even if it was kind of eating me alive inside because it made me kind of hate my own friends for sinning or hate my own friends who were gay Mm -hmm. or hate myself because of the way that I was and I have so much compassion for my former self and I genuinely genuinely believed everything that I did in all the phases of my life and I think now that I've kind of come out of that and have a little bit found another way to live it's not necessarily mean that I'm taking this high road and automatically choosing a better life and dogging on religion I have so much respect for who I was and understanding and compassion and empathy for her or anyone who is religious and I don't want no religious hate over yeah. here no because it was the same thing for me you brought me to a church that I had never um I didn't know people could be like that in church because I was always used to like a Catholic church and you couldn't sing yeah. or dance or do anything like that. And so all of a sudden you were showing me 
you know, how to be loved. And I remember you were like the first person that showed me what friendship was supposed to be like because I had all these technically friends, but nobody would ever check in on you or ask you how your day was or anything like that. And that's the only reason I think that we clicked was because you asked me how my day was and I was like oh my god she's asking me what happened today and then I could tell her some fucked up shit happened today and you'd be like holy shit same right and so we had this like really great relationship and for a long time religion was the thing that kind of kept us together and now we're friends without religion which thank god because it did kind of suck for us a few times yeah but yeah same thing it's like you know religion is there to get you through some some shitty times and right not dogging on personal religion, more religion as, as an institution. institution, as a hating on women, as a, it's harmful. You know, wearing those khaki skirts, yeah. you know, that's what we're hating on. Yeah. Just a little disclaimer yeah. there. As a whole, though, if you can make it through your sophomore year of high school, you can basically make it through anything. And so, yeah, that is 100% the mm-hmm. hardest year. And that is the final piece of advice mm-hmm. that we'll give y'all. If you can make it through that year, You can fucking do this, okay? So stay alive out there. Find someone that you can share that shit with. Share your truth. Share your trauma. Freaking confidence. Go in confidence. Yep. And you'll be fine, girl. You'll be totally fine. And if you're not fine, you'll be super funny at the end of it. (laughs) Yes! Oh, I love that. (sighs) But anyways. Well, that's that. We love you, America. And good night. (laughs) And good night. (laughs) 